0: we've chosen the most popular interviews for you to select the Listener's Choice winner. If you're not sure how the Listener's Choice competition works, have a look at horsechats.com slash choice for the rules and the leaderboard. If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, Internationalhorsecollege.com. Reach the training organisation 31352. Today's guest on Horse Chats is Anna Twinney. Now, Anna's the founder of Reach Out to Horses. She's based in the foothills of Rocky Mountains in Elizabeth, Colorado, and she's an internationally respected national horsemanship clinician and trainer, animal communicator, and Reiki master. She travels around the world teaching the art of trust-based partnerships between humans and horses and all animal companions. She's conducted clinics, classes, training sessions in Australia, Canada, Denmark, England, Germany, France, Holland, Sweden, Spain, Norway, New Zealand and throughout the entire United States. So how are you today, Anna?
1: I'm feeling great and even more so being on on this interview with you. I'm
0: happy for you to spend your time here. You know, I mean, everyone that comes in and, and talks to us, they say thanks to us, but you've got to put the time in and the reason that we've asked you to come is because you've got all that knowledge, you know, the knowledge to share and I think that's important as well. So thank you for coming on.
1: Well, thank you. It's lovely to be touching that part of the world. It's been a long time since I was in Australia and New Zealand. (laughs) And it is my wish and my hope to come back. And we have got plans. We've got plans that potentially have kind of moved into 2020, which would be a great year to come back.
0: Okay. Well, look, we're looking forward to it. And um, hopefully we'll catch up with you when you're over here. Lovely. (laughs) Now, Anna, we've done a bit of an introduction, but we do need to know a little bit about you. And a favourite quote, it could be a favourite quote that you live by or one that you use when you teach. What would you say your favourite quote was?
1: I love the way you're opening it up. I have two, Linus. I hate Mm -hmm. to be the person saying I have two. Oh, that's okay.
0: Yeah, I've (laughs) had people with two before, so you're not the first.
1: (laughs) Perfect. Well, one around horses, and it's the quote that I live by, and we have it on the website, is, trust no man in whose eyes you do not see yourself reflected as an equal. Mm. I love this quote, and the methods are truthfully based on that with the congruency and authenticity that I teach and I seek in the people. So I love yeah. that quote. Yeah. yeah. And, and my second one, which is kind of more personal, would be the most important days of your life and the day you're born and the day you find out why.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm
1: says a lot about me because I was always searching, you know, and I find a lot of people that come to my courses, workshops, classes are figuring that piece out.
0: Yep, yep. So you found out why and this is what you're doing now, is that right?
1: You know, my passion is absolutely what I'm doing now. And I'd love to say that I found it. I think I was more pushed into it. Destiny kind of pulled me that way. Uh And even so, even though I've got my passion in place and I'm traveling the world, you know, doing something incredible, I still have that little piece to go, okay, I found out my purpose, found Mm -hmm. out the passion. (laughs) And there's always that niggling question of what is this all about? What is it about that we're coming here? Yeah, yeah. You
0: know? So tell us about, um, I often ask people where they started, you know, and tell us about that time. Was it, you know, where you think that you found out what you do now? How did that all start?
1: It probably started the day I woke up in Jamaica mm-hmm. and I said to myself and my then husband, why is it that we have to travel abroad and have just a week or two away a year where we're living in paradise and enjoying it? You know, what is it about us that we can't wake up to paradise every day? And it started a big, big journey for me because the journey began with looking out the window in England and seeing the gray skies for weeks and months on end and also working in a profession where there's a ton of challenges. And so it was norm to have a week or two holiday and spend the rest of the year seeking Seeking that something. Mm. So I went on this quest and I took a year's sabbatical. I basically had three roads leading to the very same place. And the three roads were a head-on collision. It was my horse carry. It was fairly hot and very intelligent. And it was also some of my training. And it was mental, emotional exhaustion dealing with victims. Every path, all those three that I've just said, led to one route. It led to investigating, exploring, horse whispering. Okay. And so I was fortunate. It was 1997, Mm -hmm. and Monty Roberts had been out to England, very big, you know, in those days, endorsed by the Queen. And um, I watched him work, and I said, you know what? I think this is the answer in many ways. One, violence isn't the answer, so it would help towards my horse. But the second thing was... It was an opportunity to study horse whispering, ultimately in California, and my intention was to bring it back to the British police force. Okay. Okay. That was the intention. It it never happened that way. Mm. Um, Mm. I ended up taking a huge leap of faith, left my career, my husband, my horse, my dog, left everything behind, lived out of a suitcase for years on end. That meant I didn't own anything more than what was in that suitcase, Mm -hmm. and I stayed in California all in. I was there five years.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about the Reiki and how did that come about?
1: It it was also large. You know, I went back to England. I had to take six months back because you could only be in the States for so long. Yes. And um, I wanted to study aromatherapy for horses. I did that. I studied massage aromatherapy and herbs for horses, and there were Reiki masters on the course. Mm -hmm. They did this miraculous Hands on healing, where I felt congested and I felt the congestion leave the body. And I thought to myself, what is this? I need to find out more. So I studied Reiki in England, in London, with the woman that brought it to Britain, as far as I know. And she was quite solid on her methods and what she found. It changed my life. It changes vibrations, it's energy healing. You see the world through different eyes. You know, you can't necessarily accept simple norms Mm -hmm. and certain people around you you can tolerate or not. I took it back to California and started the laying on of the hands, the horses there, predominantly racehorses. But it went beyond that, Glynis. It wasn't, simple. I say, simply about energy healing. That's a huge piece, right? You can put your hands on and feel better, emotionally, mentally. But you could help animals transition and you could help dial your energy back and forward with wild horse gentling, foal gentling, interactions, remedial horses. It went beyond healing into communication. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the huge piece. I've studied it now since 1997, taking it to the Reiki Master, Karuna Reiki Master, and integrating it into all of the horsemanship.
0: I'm just thinking, do you have like a case study you can tell us, something about, you know, there might have been a horse that has really benefited. Or even a person, you know, because we talk about horses can heal people and uh, horses can benefit, people can benefit. It's a great partnership that we have with the horses and a lot of benefit we can do to help each other. But, yeah, case study would be really good.
1: Oh, I have hundreds and it's funny you <laughs> So many people have been talking about the Reiki lately, and we've just done a Reiki for Horses course, and it was, it was wonderful. I took the Reiki to horses and started sharing it because people weren't sure where to place the hands or mm-hmm. couldn't understand the communication, the Reiki registers, I call them, when the horses are relaxing and yawning and so on. But it's been integrated in foal, gentling, you know, where the foals have lost their mothers, okay. be it orphan okay. foals from feedlots or primary yes. foals yes. or nurse foals, and I find it so tragic to see these little beings lose the spirit for life when they've entered the planet in such joy and they're looking forward to their life only to find that they've been discarded or a byproduct
0: mm-hmm.
1: and so we've helped these little beings bring life back to the eye or bring health back to the bodies yeah. and bring a spring into the foot yeah there was yeah. this one occasion um actually only enough this chapter happens to be in the book we've released but sequoia came Mm -hmm. she was a feedlot foal and unfortunately i don't know where that else exists in the world but in the united states mares can go pregnant to the feedlot some of them give birth there and you find these munchkins there from days old you know one week one month fending for themselves well every year I've done fold gentling courses where the public can come in or my trainers come in. And for a number of years, we did the feedlot folds. Mm-hmm. Sequoia was one of them. She was probably about five, six months old. She looked pretty good. She looked like a register court horse or indeed is one. Yep. And uh, compared to some of the others, because they would come in at four days of age or they'd come in really, oh, really volatile in the sense of mm-hmm. work. Well, the Navajo horses would come. It was she came in, and she was doing fine. And it was day four on the gentling. We'd had halters on, and we were gentling in 12 by 12 pens, and the vet came. And um, he's a, he was a rough kind of fella, rough around the edges and had his traditions. And one of his traditions was to take the foal's tail and pull it upwards. And Ooh. in doing so... He pulled her off the ground when he gave this injection. Mm-hmm. To see a fall being lifted off the ground in the hind end was rather odd and strange, and I'd yeah. never seen it before. Yeah. And within a couple of hours, she wasn't doing well. She was mm-hmm. lying on the ground. Yep. My student said, you know, I, I think something's seriously wrong. Well, three vets diagnosed over the phone from heat exhaustion to colic to to azoterie. Nobody mm-hmm. really knew and nobody came out. Not only did we do Reiki, we did acupressure point reflexology. Yeah. I had the final call. We used the hose to cool her down. We created a shelter for her. We gave her probiotics and we laid the hands on. Mm-hmm. But Philly wanted to lie down and stay down. And for me, that meant she was resigning. Yes. And I said, you know, if we can, let's keep her up. Let's help her out. And there were six people lying laying on the hands. And imagine, you know, there's all spying up where the body and the muscles are getting tighter mm. from hind end all the way forward. And suddenly she didn't want to lie down anymore. And suddenly things started to look up. We never knew if it would, but she did. She yeah. looked up her, and I'm telling you a positive story. because yeah. this yeah. past day she got adopted? The person that oh. adopted her a- is one of my trainers. And and she was in tears and she's a hardy lass. She's a cowgirl through and through, yeah, lives yeah. in Wyoming. She was crying and she said, I should have committed to her. I should <sighs> have committed to her. She committed that day. Yep. And the day she committed was the day this young filly pulled through. Ah, oh, isn't it good? Isn't it good? It was remarkable. And it said even better than I'm saying it today. Yeah, um, yeah a chapstick because Trisha wrote it in her words, but to see it, you know, you're, you're looking at it and I'm thinking, don't, I don't want to lose you on my watch, you know, not on my watch. We're, we're going to pull you through. And if there's any way to convince you that it's worth living, we will do that. Yes. 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 She yes. was too young and all she'd had was, it was a horrible beginning and nobody wow. deserves.
0: Wow. A lovely story. Lovely ending. It's one, yeah.
1: one of many, you know, yeah. one of many. Yeah. And can I Can I flip it to the other side? Sure, absolutely, yep. Because recently we took the Reiki 4 horses to a beautiful rescue where they have 50 head of horses, and Mm -hmm. I took a a large class. There were 20 students there. And at one point we go through each paddock, and a student can go in, and, and if they resonate, they choose to go in. And they do what I coined, love lessons, and you place your hand on the horse's heart chakra. Okay. And I'm not sure if everybody listening knows where it is, but it's it's at the bottom of the withers. So The right hand goes to the bottom of the withers, and then the left hand goes in between the point of shoulder at the front. That's love lessons, heart to heart, that's the chakra. Mm-hmm. And so people can go in and give back totally unconditionally to say, you would. we don't want anything from you today. We're offering healing or we're offering loving thoughts whatever it might be no matter who you are or what your religious belief is yep Yep. there was this beautiful mare she's a paint mare and I had this intuitive hit and I called one of my students in and I said to her I think this mare's for you she struggled in her life you know she had a glazed eye for many years and it took her years to come back and she wouldn't forget and it was in her cellular system and I said you know what I think she can relate to you I think she can relate the trauma that you've been through Mm -hmm, well mm -hmm. this lady she's in her 60s went in there and the mayor came and said hello let her pet her and then she turned her butt not in a way that was aggressive and not in a way where she was asking for a butt to be scratched either just in a way just out of arm's length i said you know what i think she's doing healing i think she's grounding you and i watched i thought this is a unique way they don't always do it like yeah bears looking over her shoulder and she's watching the response she has on this woman and then she takes a step away does the same thing step further away Mm -hmm. and i said to my client she's healing she's grounding can you feel it it's as though she's drawing something away out of you and she said i feel it in my arms I can feel wow. the release. Wow. I feel the draw. I have sensations in my hands. I've had trouble in my hands all these years. And this mare has, in my experience, not been able to give back. And instead of receiving, the day where she could have received, and she's received for years all different alternative therapies, mm-hmm. but she's never been able to give back because her glass was never full. Yes. And this day, she said, I am able to offer you you need more than me today. Yes. And I'm gonna offer you healing. Wow. It was it was absolutely remarkable. And if if we were able to share this woman's journey, it's horrific childhood wow. memories. So to see a horse giving to her unconditionally kept yeah. no eye dry in the place.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. And I'm just thinking, Anna, because you sort of had... A few different things that you've done. Your time with Monty Roberts, you know, because we've had Monty on the show and I think, uh, you know, really good. He um, He was actually our second guest. We had, you know, him as one of the main three guests that we started with. But how was it? You know, you're one of his instructors now. Tell us a little bit about Flag is Up, about the language of Equus, you know, what you learned there and what you're able to teach other people.
1: It was the beginning of the journey. It was Mm. 1997. And so it's a long time ago. I left there in 2003. What it did was open a tremendous door up, a tremendous door to realize that there's a quiet, silent language at the horse, that there's another way. Because tradition, no matter which country you're in, can be a little bit firm and Mm. forceful. Mm -hmm. My time there, I dedicated everything I worked there six days a week, 12 hours a day, sat at that round pen, became the round pen queen, Designed, helped design and develop courses and classes, became the head instructor, was part of the board, so a member of the board, and it was incredible to teach alongside Crawford Hall, who then was the farm manager and the dean of the students, and to witness his capabilities. The farm is absolutely stunning in the heart of California, the horse is spectacular. And to be part of somebody's dream and vision, and then to take it in my own direction is remarkable and incredible. So to leave there and say, okay, now it's time to bring in telepathy. Now it's time to bring in the energy healing. And We may not open doors to 5,000 people a night like he did in Australia in his Mm -hmm. time, but we are showing that there's a secret side to this. There's a silent side, that this goes beyond body language. See, it started there. When I watched the students and I was trying to figure out why these horses would connect or not connect when the body language was correct, it went beyond body language. It went into intention, agendas, energy, thought patterns, you name it. And so when I left there, I had the chance to gentle, well, two years' worth of Mustangs on a Mustang um, sanctuary. And there you really hone into the energetic piece. You catch the whisper in the eye. They Mm. catch your attention. If you're not in the present time, it's not going to be effective. You can only go at their speed because they're at liberty, they're free, and you begin to realize they're picking up on your thoughts. They're picking up on what is about to come next. And so it opened a door for me to have a huge lifestyle change, Mm -hmm. one that so many people stuck in nine to five jobs can't see, don't see. I took a leap of faith, one that where I said to you, I think it was destiny. Yes. I I had to be pushed. I was married at the time. (laughs) I had a 30-year career ahead of me. And so I played it safe and took that sabbatical thinking I'd return home. No, you know, I was before my time a little bit. There was no such thing as life coaching in those days. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get to take it back to life coaching. So a little bit early. But also I realized if you want to become a horse whisperer and really bring it back to the first responders, it's going to take more than a year. Yep. So that it did. And it was my then hubby that said, this is your path. This is your dream. This is where you belong, and I'm giving you your wings to fly.
0: Yeah. and you've got so many things under your bow there as well. You know, and we'll talk about them in, in another time. But can we talk about if you go and you teach a group of people, you know, what's a common thing that you see that you can help them with?
1: It would be hard to pick from the list, mm-hmm. but I can tell you this. If it all boils down to self-reflection, then I can help them with authenticity. And authenticity would mean, what are you truly believing, thinking, doing? Are you aware of your movements and your actions? Are you aware of the cause and effect that it's having on this individual? So the authenticity, is also known as congruency, is a huge piece of this. Because often they'll say, well, the horse is nervous. Well, let's look at you. what you're thinking or what you've been through or they might say well he doesn't keep boundaries he's rude well let's look at the self-reflection here are you capable of being a true leader see many leaders almost all in my experience now are born leaders and so we keep on throwing that word out there if it's about leadership trust and respect well if you don't trust respect yourself You're not going to be able to lead someone else. And what is it that the horses seek in a true leadership? They seek awareness. It's the highest character trait of any wild horse is awareness. Well, the awareness begins at home. And so we've got to be aware of what we're doing, where we're looking, how we're behaving, what we're thinking. Awareness is huge, which comes down to authenticity and congruency. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, that can go to anybody from a child through to an adult, from a novice through to an advanced person, any discipline. So where I come in, I'm able to facilitate the language of the horse in its purest form, yep. able to share with them that this goes beyond body language. Body language is a piece of it, absolutely, but that's what the eye can see. And with the body language, we're now looking at what are we conveying and what are we picking up? Absolutely, that's a lexicon in itself, but then beyond that, We're looking at the self-control, the self-awareness, the energy we're giving off and the thoughts that we have. So, yes, I can teach trust and true trust. And I mean, what I mean by that is a trust and respect where that horse is treated the way we would treat ourselves or the way we'd treat a relative in our family. That, you know, they're not livestock or a byproduct or a second being, but they truly are, in my eyes, equal, really equal. There's times for them to lead because they know best and there's times for us to lead. There's times for us to be amazing stewards and guardians of these beings. See, they never asked, you know, they never asked to come into our lives. They didn't ask to become a performance horse. They Mm. didn't do that. It's not necessarily their dream. They're placed in it due to their breed or confirmation or even their looks. And so I can bridge that gap to say, what is it your horse wants? And what is he trying to tell you here? Okay. And that's the story to fly in somewhere, create a trust based relationship, a true connection, a partnership, communication beyond what the eye can see, and to bring everybody onto the same page that everybody's having the joy, the passion, and the compassion for one another.
0: Mm, mm, mm. I'm just sort of thinking, you know, for people also, too, that, like you said, that there's going to be quite a few. And you said um, about someone coming in with a nervous horse might be because they're nervous. Yeah. Have you got another thing that they might come in with that you can then, s- it's often something else, you know, like a, a nervous horse might be a nervous person, but what other <clears throat> type of problems would they come in with and say, this is the problem, and then it's something else as well?
1: You know, boundaries are a common one.
0: Okay.
1: So what happens is, people that have no self worth or low self esteem yes. will often have boundary issues with the horses. And a boundary can be crowding them um, at liberty or in hand. But it also can be pushing them, pulling them when they're leading, going off with them. You know, not stopping bringing the shoulder into them, standing on their foot. The boundary issues are huge. And you find at the demographic tends to be actually women a lot more than men. And so for the boundary issues, you can look at people from children but generally on to 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s with the women. That's a classic mm-hmm. and a common But then there's another one. You see, the horses could come in with glazed eyes, shut down, And then it would be the opposite. It would be that either they've had something drummed into them that's really boring or they've never been heard, so that means they're trying to express themselves but can't and they've been shut down, or indeed they've been forced or too firm and it's abusive. Okay. So you can see the contrast of a bully to a horse that's shut down. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, these are all common issues.
0: Yes, yes. Okay.
1: And it's it's recognising it. If I add that in, you know, often people will look at it and go, oh, look at that compliant horse. He's standing there really well. No, he's shut down.
0: Yes. Yes, that learned helplessness. Yep. Yep, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'll just do it because it's just the easy way out. No expression.
1: No choice, no voice, no expression.
0: What sort of things do you do to just get them to enjoy life again and get the person to realize that the horse isn't enjoying life
1: right and I and I love doing it because it's every clinic it doesn't matter if it's a therapeutic riding horse or rescue or a top performance horse or trail horse often the fear will come in where people are concerned that they're going to get hurt so they feel like they have to control Mm -hmm. the situation and often also they learn something but they've not really grasped it so, for example, if a clinician has said to them, your horse needs to drop the head, I've seen students walking, dropping that head the whole way. They don't have any clue why they're asking the horse to drop the head, but they're mm. doing it. Yep. So it's it's them listening to go, why are you circling your horse day in, day out? Why are mm. you doing this repetition for the whole horse's life? That's not permission to ride. That's now kindergarten stuff. So what happens, people don't always understand where it comes in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and it's a lack of understanding. So when you're taught something, so for example, we have a 12-step system. Yep. Also, the only system I have, everything else is the language of the horse, but it allows people to do head drops and neck yields and disengaging and all the fun stuff in order to gain a rapport, to figure out if a horse is in pain, what is their personality, what's their character type, what's their learning style. So all of these things not only give us the permission to ride, but it allows us to determine who's this individual. We have over 28 personalities right plus Mm -hmm. all the breeds and so you could get a personality that's a clown or somebody that's more of a police officer type or somebody that's a nurturer so pigeonholing them all to say this horse can only stand two feet away from you and that's what you need that's a sign of respect is not true it's misguided because if that filly wants to stand really close to you and she's really safe she needs to be able to do that for the relationship to be connected And so always creating black and white rules creates a horse to be more of a robot. So bringing it out by allowing them exploration by allowing them a chance to move, figuring out when do I need that control, because sometimes we do for safety and traffic, yeah. and when could I say, you know what, you lead the way home, you choose which way to go home, or, oh, you're cutting, I had this with my horse, Excalibur. he's a Spanish Mustang, years ago I took him out to a great reservoir, and he started trotting home, and I thought, okay, we we'll are trot. And then I thought, oh, I need a breather, brought him back down. The mozzies were everywhere. The guy was trying to trot to keep the mosquitoes off of him.
0: Oh, okay. It's not
1: about us, you know. It's about their voice to say, you know what, I need to trot because these big flies are bothering me. Hmm. And if I trot, they won't land on me. Look around people, you know, Mm. take it in. It's not when the horse has a voice and a choice, it's not the wrong thing. They have an ability to make the right decisions, where to place their feet, how to cross the water. They can do that. And that's how the trust is built is to say, you know more about this land than I do. When I was in Australia, we were riding, watching Brumbies in Victoria. Mm. I'll never forget. It because I'm on somebody's back for six hours, let's say we were camping. Yep. This individual knows way more about the terrain yes. than I ever will. Yep. Ever, ever, ever. So to give the horse the reins and say, you know what, I'm pretty much a passenger here because you know your terrain and where mm. to place your feet, and you also know how you need to stay fit and pace yourself, when you need to drink, that's all on you. Because mm. I'm not used to Australia. So if we shut them down, you lose that. Mm. They mm. lose the ability to make decisions too. Yep. And their joys out of it. And then we go into control, which for me that's not enjoyable either. So it's time to pick up the reins and there's time to let them go loose. Yep. Yeah. Acknowledging the try. You ask me, how do we do that? One way is to acknowledge the try to say, Oh, I saw you try to do that. Yep. Thank you. And then the other way is to say you're offering this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'll look around. I'll make sure it's safe for you to offer it. And now let's go ahead. Your idea is great.
0: Okay. Okay. Be open. Yep. Yep. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. All right. Now, thinking about... The next year or so what are the main things you've got coming up
1: oh it, it's it's going to be a great year the biggest thing i have coming up actually yeah. yes um would be changes i have traveled for 20 years teaching okay and okay. i'm creating more longer workshops for me so versus flying every weekend to different places longer workshops but we have a great holistic horse course we have people coming from all over the world to it and it's the foundation course for us and it's a foundation in horse whispering and what is different and you've been asking me about that what is different i i class it as more of a passive leadership where we're taking learning styles, personality into account, acknowledging the dry, positive reinforcement with negative, but it goes beyond the whisper. It goes to that next layer, which would be that self-development, that self-awareness with the telepathy, the energy. And so people from all walks of life come, from our youngest, 14, oldest to 86. Doesn't matter if they have horses in their lives or they want an adventure. Um, this course. I love teaching because you see the improvement over time. Yeah. It's it's one thing, Linus, you know, I, I love adventure. So we're off to Costa Rica in February. <laughs> Good. And yes. uh, actually, you know what? Funnily enough, you asked about the Reiki. This trip is about starting the year correctly. And so, People that come get attuned in Reiki one so they receive energy healing for the day. We look at the obstacle course at Liberty with horses where you get life lessons from the horses. Literally, they will share a life lesson. I'm the interpreter. Mm-hmm. Yes. We look at taking the Reiki to the horses, so giving back Reiki for horses, and then we go riding in the jungle and around Arenal Lake and the volcano. It's an absolute incredible trip. Wow, wow. It's a great way to bookend your year to say, you know what, (laughs) you've been in energy. You want to live in divine uh, or infinity and universal guidance, that's a great way to start. Okay,
0: okay. Now, Annie, you've got a book and you've actually offered to give our listeners three copies of this book or it's an e-book. Yes. And the people who'd like a copy, if you'd like to get a copy of Anna's book, all you have to do is there's a couple of different ways. You can go to horsechats.com and go to Anna's page, which will be horsechats.com slash Anna 20 It's A-N-N-A and then T-W-I-N-N-E-W, or just search for Anna, search for Twenty, and you'll find that, and then you'll have the chance to let her know why you'd like a copy of a book. You could also do a review on one of the apps. We've got Android app, Apple app or on iTunes, or, you know, one of the many other places that we do have horse chats, but you will need to send us an email if you do it that other way. If it comes up on horsechats.com, we know straight away. But Anna, would you like to tell people a little bit about the book, so that if they're interested, they can send us. Now, we can, we've only got three copies, so you just have to let us know why you, in particular, you'd like a copy of this book.
1: You know, the book take, took on its own format, and i be. Beat became the person to, to bring it to life. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so instead of creating, which is my second or third book, I've got one of my time at Monty Roberts and it's been written. It simply needs to be edited. I haven't launched it yet, though, but it's about my six-year experience and you're asking me about that. And what's wonderful about that book, and I'll come back to the one I've actually launched, um, there's chapters about my personal experiences as well as 18 horses in it. And we're looking for an agent for that book, and then that will be released. But instead of releasing that, I ended up releasing the book with my students, my next generation, and that's how it became The title came out is Escaping Tradition, the Next Generation Horsemanship. You see, I see myself as the next generation from Monty. Such a privilege to watch this master at work. And so I'm his next generation and taking it all different places. Well, I also have my own next generation. So there's kind of the two meanings behind it. And our next generation, too, has gone from dominance-based horsemanship into passive focus. So here's the title so meaningful so much behind it so what happened is we had 10 students that are certified trainers and instructors of mine globally contribute and little did I know at the time when we put the call out to them that they would all write stories about how wild horses had affected them how mm. the wild horse had called them every single chapter is infused by either wild falls wild Mustangs, and indeed the wild um, New Zealand horse. We have a chapter in there from Christine Matthews, Mm. and she's from New Zealand. So we've even got um, you guys um, taken care of over there. And so it's about horsemanship, but beyond that, it's about life lessons, about listening to the horses but where the journey has taken us when you do listen to horses, what it means to us. You know, the, these horses have changed people's lives. They've brought people back who might have had suicidal thoughts. People that have been bankrupt have come bouncing back. A child that couldn't go to school has found her career. These are all stories in the book. It's absolutely incredible. So I didn't want to stand in anybody's way, and instead, I wanted to say, you know what? Let's put this call with the horse out there. So I wrote the foreword on there, and my husband actually wrote a chapter too, because Vin, he's a he's a wonderful, wonderful man, has been through every single course of mine, every single one, and he too chose a chapter on a wild horse, mm, and we, wow. we entitled the horse is called Savvy, and Savvy came to us because um the people who had adopted him he was a blm mustang couldn't handle him and they deemed him exceedingly dangerous they called him savage actually mm, okay. we, we came to his name to savvy and um vin was the only one i could entrust with this horse because he'd already been labeled dangerous and could kill mm. <laughs> there's me going okay my husband would do it then. <laughs> Do it, yes. um, but that's what happened. It was this thing of Vin had incredible or has incredible feel and timing, mm-hmm. and it needed somebody because we don't put these horses in chutes, we don't rope them, they're free, they're at liberty, and so it took somebody very special to create the right environment not too much pressure because otherwise he would have been severely hurt, but just enough to. Be authentic and say, this is why I'm here. I will not hurt you. Yeah. I, I hope and trust you won't hurt me. So the quantity of trust that was needed was incredible. And so he writes about that. I, I hope and I know we've had some emails saying how much it's affected people already. And we've got it into a multitude of countries. Um, and I'd love to be able to get it to you guys as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, very good. Very good. Anna, you've got so much that you, and as I said, so many different areas of specialty. It's not just one area of specialty, but it's a few different areas of specialty. We'd love to have you back again. Thank
1: you. It would be my pleasure. We're looking
0: forward to it.
1: And it leads in really well from the horse whispering. The horse whispering has opened the doors to animal communication. That's mm-hmm. what's happened. So so once upon a time, kind of horse training opened the doors to horse whispering. Now horse whispering's opening the door to animal communication. And people are discovering that you can talk to horses from the comfort of your own room and change behavior. So that's the topic I'd love to bring to you and share with you how I can sit in Colorado and talk to horses in Dubai, Australia, New Zealand, Europe, and change behavior. And it it always sounds so out there for some people, but it's true. It's real. And I've got about 15 years of experience that I'm sharing with people. So I'd love to bring the topic to you perfect
0: all right Anna well looking forward to catching up with you again and again thanks for your time today we certainly appreciate it
1: you're so welcome it really is my pleasure and it's my hope that we helped a few horses and people today
0: hope so too bye-bye
1: bye if you've enjoyed this chat
0: then please comment rate and subscribe